Hey there, I am Anna Michelle Gomo and you are welcome to the podcast. This is a safe space where I get to talk about God and how we can build our relationship with Him. On each episode, we'll be diving below the surface of the Bible to encounter God and grow. Currently, we are on a 365-day Bible challenge and it has been fantastic so far. And so I invite you to join us today because God has a word for you, but it is up to you to listen. So please stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today is day 160 of our Bible in a Year Challenge and you are welcome back once again. We're continuing on our journey looking and reading through the Gospel of Mark. Today we're looking at chapters 13 and 14. In chapter 13, Jesus gives us a prophecy about the last days, the last days as in the time of the people of Jerusalem, as well as the last days as it pertains to the entire world. And in chapters 14, we also see a glimpse of the last days of Jesus on earth as human. (laughs) So um, that's why I titled today's episode in the last days because we're looking at different last days but everything is still the last days like i said before there is something so important about the last days that the the kind of story a story is the definition or the kind of story a story is (laughs) pretty much is not really about the beginning or the middle it's more about the end how the story ends that's the most important and so the last parts of a story the last parts of a movie the last parts of a book are really the most important part of the entire journey so we're beginning chapters 13 jesus prophesies about the destruction of the temple so you have the disciples um telling jesus like this temple looks huge it looks nice the stones are beautiful and jesus tells them that there will come a day where not one of the stones would remain. And then the disciples later on met him to ask, how do we know when all these things are happening? And then Jesus gives them the signs. These are called the signs of the times. He says there'll be famine, there'll be earthquake, there'll be war. You will be persecuted for my sake. Children will give up their parents. Parents will give up their children. And the gospel must be preached throughout the whole world before um the before the world ends pretty much and i don't know if i'm the only one but when i read this i was quite confused like was jesus talking about just the last days about like when the temple will be destroyed or was he talking about the last days as in the last days on earth in this world the 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 end of time i think he's talking about both so we can read this literally as he's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, because actually Jerusalem is destroyed, as Jesus exactly prophesies. In the year 70 AD, the Romans destroy and kills every single Jew in Jerusalem as a result of their rebellion. And every single thing that Jesus says um, took place as he said it. And some Christians, or most Christians, were actually saved from that destruction because of the same prophecy of Jesus. And so we see that that prophecy came to pass. And then Jesus also not just um, limits the prophecy to those times, but 
also these are the signs of the times of the end of the world when he would come again his second coming then he says that there will be false christs there will be people who claim to be the christ the messiah there will be false prophets there will be false teachings there will be falling stars the powers of the heavens will be shaken the sun will be darkened he also mentions that there would be nothing like this there has been nothing like this there would be nothing like this it's going to be it's going to be such a cosmic event such a harsh and scary cosmic event that there would be nothing ever like it ever again and so we kind of know or understand the level and the magnitude of darkness that is to be experienced during those times and then he says that when all of this comes then the son of man he would come in the clouds as light he would come as light in the midst of all of the darkness in the midst of all of the violence in the midst of all of the commotion and he would send his angels at the four corners of the earth to gather his people in as much as the last days is one of these scary days scary times that has ever or will ever be experienced we should be very honest with ourselves and when we look around we notice that we are in the last days all of the things that jesus prophesied is happening all of the things that was prophesied and seen in the book of revelations is being revealed right now front right before us and some people would argue that well the world has been ending since forever like the world has been ending since jesus time the world has been ending since last 50 years war has been since 10 years ago the world is still going to be ending by the time I'm long gone so I might as well just keep on living my life without living in fear i mean there is some truth in that that yes the world is ending but this is not because or this this wasn't told to us so that we live in fear so that every single day we wake up we just um not do anything because we are too scared that the world is going to end you know sometimes i felt like that growing up as a child revelations was my worst part of the bible to ever read i remember reading a part of it it was in the night and i read it and i could not sleep or close my eyes all throughout the night these revelations are given to us not because we should live in fear but to warn us to make us prepare to let us know what is coming because if there is something that jesus said he said heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never pass away so we can be rest assured that all of these things are happening but this shouldn't lead us to be in fear because that is not the end of our story the end of our story is not violence the end of our story is not pain and persecutions it's not darkness the end of our story is that jesus is coming for us he is going to come like a light in the midst of all of the darkness and commotion to take those people that belong to him where he is and that is a happy ending if you ask me that is something to look forward to because like it or not we are living in the same times as Jesus described everything is haywire there are persecutions here and there famine earthquakes i don't know if i'm the only one but i get tired of listening to the news because i am just so stressed and tired about the amount of bad events that are happening every single time around the world it's like each day there's something new to worry about but jesus tells us today to fear not but he also warns us he says take heed 
and watch. For no one knows the time, not even the Son himself, not even Jesus, not even the angels, only the Father knows. So it, it is not for us to be predicting. I, I see so many articles and so many videos about scientists trying to predict when the world will end, when the sun will burn out, or when there's going to be some cosmic events that some asteroids will crash with the earth and all life will cease to exist. Well, I wish them good luck because... <laughs> My Bible tells me that nobody would be able to know the time. Maybe, I guess, maybe they could be lucky enough to predict the year or maybe the month, but the exact time that Jesus is going to come, no one knows. And so we are to take heed and watch. Twice in today's readings, Jesus tells us to take heed and watch. We're going to be looking at the second time, and then I'm I'm going to be drawing some comparisons between the two chapters anyways. And so we'll leave that for now. Moving on to chapter 14, we also see the last days of Jesus' life here on earth, which is also filled with pain and violence and darkness. First things first, we have this um, event that happens. This woman comes and she anoints Jesus with perfume. And you have some other disciples. Some gospel said it was Judas in particular who said that this woman was being wasteful, that this perfume would have been sold and used for other purposes in giving to the poor. I think it was in the Gospel of John. And there is there was this comment that was stated in bracket that Judas did not say this because he cared so much about the poor. So anyways, Jesus did tell them that they should leave the woman alone, that she is preparing him indirectly for burial. The woman on her own had no idea what she was doing. She, she was not a prophetess to know that Jesus was going to die soon. But it was out of her gratitude, out of her respect, out of her reverence and love for Jesus that moved her to anoint Jesus with the whole jar of perfume. Not just any perfume, but expensive perfume. And this just also shows us how we are to invite, we are to welcome, and we are to have reverence for Jesus every single day of our lives. It might not be literally perfume in our case, but like David says, I will not give to the Lord what costs me nothing. And so today we are called to give our best, to give as much as we can to the one who loves us the most, to Jesus, because Jesus gave his life for us. Not that we are trying to repay him for what he did, because nothing we would ever do, no amount of expensive perfume in all of the earth would ever be able to repay Jesus for what he did for us. But it is out of gratitude, it is out of love that we give to Jesus all that we have and all that we are, because that is all we can give. And then we also see the um, Last Supper, the Passover meal that Jesus has with his disciples where he institutes the Eucharist and Jesus also says this word that is always being repeated every single time at mass he says take this and eat this is my body and he passes the bread he breaks the bread and he passes it to the disciples and he also takes the wine and he drinks of it and he passes it to his disciples and he says take this and drink of it this is my blood God's word says that if you do not eat of the body and blood of Jesus, you have no life in you. This was Jesus' words, that if you do not eat of my body and my blood, you cannot have life in you. And so we recognize that what goes on at the Mass every single day is not just a representation. It's not just symbolic. I, I find it very 
very sad to know that most Christians and even most Catholics don't believe or don't even know or even accept that what goes on at the altar, that the transfiguration actually happens. Some people believe that it's just symbolic. Some people believe that it's just a representation. And so that is, I think, when you when you believe or when you think that what goes on at Mass, the priest consecrating the gifts of the bread and the wine is a representation, then it would lead you to believe that anyone can do that. I mean, I can do that. I can perform all of that if it's just a representation. But the reason why not everyone is anointed or is set apart to perform the Eucharistic service is because what goes on there is a broad daylight miracle. It's a miracle that we overlook so much because that is not a representation. It is exactly a reinstation of what Jesus did at the Last Supper. The bread and the wine, although physically it looks like bread and wine, changed substantially changed spiritually to the body and the blood of Jesus. And this is what we are invited to if we're to take part in Jesus, if we're to be part of the people that Jesus would come for in the last days. And it is such a gift that we get to be a part of this Eucharistic service every single day at Mass. And then we also have the prediction of Peter's denial. And Jesus tells Peter that he's going to betray him three times. And Peter is very, very sure and certain that he's not going to betray Jesus. He knows, like, from his own knowledge about his own strength, he believes that he will never be able to betray Jesus. But then Jesus tells him in the agony in the garden, him, um, James and John, the three major disciples that Jesus um, communicates with um, directly in the agony in the garden, he tells them, take heed, stay here and keep watch. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Stay here and keep watch. And this is the second time in today's readings that Jesus tells the disciples to keep watch. That they do not fall into temptation. Of course, they were too tired. They were probably too tired or too stressed. I don't know what the problem may be. But they kept on sleeping. They slept three times. And three times, Jesus had to wake them up until Judas and the rest of the mob came and met them in the garden and i think this is the comparison i want to make i think it is very important for us to know that the first time or the second time jesus said to keep watch the disciples did not keep watch they they couldn't keep watch they couldn't stay awake and pray and that was why peter fell into the temptation of denying jesus and that is, that is something that we should learn from. Because now in the first time where Jesus is telling us to keep watch, this is for a future event. And so we can best believe that it is so important for us, for our sake, to keep watch and pray. I find it very funny. I, I don't know if I've said this before. I probably have. That some people believe that since God is so merciful and God is so kind and God is so loving, there is no way he can send people to hell. There are people that believe that God will not send anybody to hell. There are also people that believe that once saved, always saved. Meaning if you're baptized or if you've said the sinner's prayer, then that is all that needs to be done. Then you're automatically going to go to heaven regardless of whatever you do. Well, the thing with that logic is that then why would Jesus warn us to always keep watch, to always pray, and to always be prepared 
and ready. In chapters 14, Jesus' divinity, Jesus being the Son of God, did not prevent him from being crucified and from dying on the cross. Even with his prayer, he, he begged that he did not want this to happen to him, but he also placed the Father's will above his. And it was the Father's will for our sake that Jesus died so that he can resurrect and save us from the bondage of sin. And so if Jesus' divinity, Jesus' power, Jesus' position as God himself couldn't prevent him from dying and from receiving our punishment, what makes you think that God's mercy and God's love will prevent some people from being condemned to hell? The two can coexist. Jesus can be God. Jesus is God. And Jesus also died. And God is merciful. And God is also going to be condemning people to hell. The two can coexist at the same time. So please let us be very careful of this kind of lie. And this kind of false teaching. That will lead us to think that there wouldn't be a chance. That some people will end up in hell. And so while we... Um, understand this truth while we understand this fact we also have to not make this prophecy be in vain in our lives Jesus told us this signs for a reason he said just watch for the fig tree you know um, that it's going to rain when the weather changes you know what season it is when you look at the leaves on the tree and so when you see these signs know that I am near that I am at the very gates the Council, while they were questioning Jesus, asked him directly. I love the way this gospel puts it. They ask him directly, are you the Messiah? Are you the son of God? And Jesus says, I am. There is no amount of proof, no amount of miracle. There is nothing that has not been done. There is nothing that has not been said for us not to believe that Jesus is God and that Jesus is coming again. And so in face of all of these miracles, in face of all of these prophecies being fulfilled in our present, in light of the fact that Jesus is coming again to take his people, we pray to God that he helps us to be good, loyal, and faithful servants, that he helps us, that even when we fall asleep, even when we are tempted and we fall into temptation, that the Holy Spirit always helps us be on our guard to keep watch and to pray that in these last days, we would come out victoriously in the end. And this is our prayer. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The last days is scary, but the last days as Christians for us is not to be a time of fear. It's to be a time of triumph and of victory because our story has a happy ending. Thank you so much for listening this far. Please do not forget to share and leave a review. And tomorrow we're going to be rounding up our journey through the Gospel of Mark. It has been such an amazing journey. Thank you so much for walking with me through this one. And I hope to see you guys tomorrow as we wrap up this second Messianic Checkpoint. Please have an amazing day.